Blog Talk Radio. Your number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. I had some technical difficulties. I was, not just technical, technical difficulties. I was kind of doing some things. How is everybody doing today? Well, y'all was waiting patiently. Thank you for waiting patiently for me to come. Everybody ready? Yeah, right. That's right. Here we go. All right. Peace, 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 everyone. All right. Straight to the phone lines I go. 985-6614. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Shalom, shalom, brother Yusuf. How you doing today, brother? Shalom, what's going on? I'm doing all right, brother. Quick question. So, uh, first question I heard on one of your uh, videos about if you have, I found my UCC one, and I do have some liens that came back, right? What's the next step right. now if I have those liens? You got to take care of liens. It's only, it's only. First thing I would do is I would go get the 10 maxims of commercial law. Let's look at those real quick. Let's look at the 10 maxims of commercial law. To do these processes, you must know the 10 maxims of commercial law. The 10 maxim of commercial law, huh? You said number 10 maximum? It's 10 maxims of commercial law. Hmm. 10 maxims of commercial law. So number 10 addresses lien. If something came back off of a UCC1 search, that means someone has filed a claim against your property. And I don't know what kind of, what what was it? That's the next thing you got to look at. Okay, it came back, but what came back? You, I, The first thing I would do, I would contact the alleged creditor and ask them to send me uh, proof of their claim, as well as an affidavit substantiating it. That'd be the first step to do. You do a verification, a validation of debt. A valid de- a, a debt is not valid unless it's been verified. All debt have to be sworn to under penalty of perjury, every debt. That's how they get most people. They get most people. See, the thing about debt collectors, what they usually do, if they don't have any evidence to substantiate their position, they go on an all-out attack to make you testify against yourself because they follow one of the principles that, anything you say can and will be used against you. So, like, if they don't have the original documentation, you know, they'll get you to say, well, isn't this your signature? You know, or isn't this this? They'll start asking you questions and get you to self, uh, you know, uh, confess judgment against yourself. So um, mm-hmm. you got to be careful of that. You always answer a question with a question. You know, like, if anybody ever put a document in your face 
and says, well, is this your signature? You never say yes or no. You just simply ask them, well, that looks like a very good forgery. Do you have the original for my uh, a personal inspection? So I can make a determination as to the brass and validity of that document. You know, so, you know, so, you know, just things like that you got to be aware of. But that's the first thing you do is you go and uh, validate the debt. You can hit them with a verification of debt request. All right, that's under 15 U.S.C. 1692G, which is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and Consumer Protection Laws. That's what I always do first. I always do that. Anytime somebody says I owe them something, I sit down on the computer and I write them a letter. I send a certified mail with an affidavit of mailing. The reason you want to send a certified mail, when you send something certified mail to them, it puts them on notice that this is a legal document. It lets them know that this, is, this could possibly end up in court. And you also do an affidavit of mailing because that puts them on the time frame, okay? Under Truth and Lending, they have 21 days to respond to that. So when you send it through your notary, they got 21 days to respond to your correspondence. And they have to cease and desist all collection activities until they verify that debt. I would use the documentation in um, the computer's updating real quick, the one I want to show you. That's why I haven't showed you anything on my screen. But I would be uh, using the documentation out of the Banker's Secret Manual. Tom Charles Banker Secret Manual got some of the best documents for verification of debt that there is on the internet, in my, in my opinion, because he's a CPA and he did accounting of banks, so he got the inside track on what it is to request from them. He understands it, so that's why I would use that documentation. It's like, okay, and he's very, an expert in the UCC. Does that answer your question? Gotcha. Yes, sir, it did. Second, if I, if I may ask another one. Uh, okay. I was listening to one of your videos and you was uh, saying some things about the claiming your wife and the kids when I was going through the security agreement and it has a spot in there to claim your wife's birth certificate and your children, right? So if your kids, if you're not married, if your kids is with the mother, but you're not with the mother, can you still claim? Yeah, yeah, yes, your property, that's your offspring. You don't have to ask me that. I mean, it came out of your nuts, sack. Right. I need another man on planet Dang. Earth to tell me nothing about my children. This is the thing that this society has done. They, they've they made it with, with this these, these adhesion contracts, these adhesion social invisible contracts that has compromised our status as sovereign Americans. This is why I put the Randy E. Barnett video up and see when I put videos up like that it's not going to get a lot of views because stuff like that is only for the real serious people and the people are really interested in learning some information so I've learned that I've learned that like the real information everybody talks about they want real information but when you put up real information the average person is not going to sit down and listen to it because it requires them to sit still and listen to some dialogue Randy E. Barnett is Jewish it was really interesting and he's also he is a professor you know, at um, Georgetown University, I think, um, professor at law. And he, he went into, you know, he's the one that has the information out about Chisholm versus Georgia, the 11th Amendment, how it didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't repudiate anything, that decision in Chisholm versus Georgia. They try to act like it did. But that whole discussion, he goes into it, the people are sovereign. And I don't know why people don't study that, because you got all these fools out here talking about sovereign citizens. they idiots. It's idiot. Those are liberals who y'all know. There's liberals who coined that phrase: socialist, communist, Marxist, pig. Are the one who coined that phrase. 
sovereign citizen. They they making fun of you, right. man. Because the communists did that. Those are communists. Because sovereignty is a direct threat to uh, a socialist system. These people want socialism. You walking around talking about you a sovereign. They go, you're going to be the first people they're going to attack. Sovereign? Ain't no fucking sovereign. You're a dependent. That's what they're really saying. You are a victim. You are a dependent. You need the government to take care of you. Your inability to do for yourself and think for yourself. Look, there is systemic racism. You can't overcome that racism. These white people, and then you got to be cautious about that too. A lot of advocates, white people who are advocates for racism, you go and check their nationality. That's a part of the game too. You know, you got you got people on there talking about racism, racism. But look, go look at them. See what their nationality is. You got to be careful out there right now, man. They use the deception on a lot of different things. So you don't have to ask someone, do I need to claim my kids? So that's why we're doing these processes, is to let them know, like, look, man, these are my children, man. These are my children. These are my offspring. That's because I'm actually in the middle of, a, like, custody cases with them. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know if, like, that uh, would, like, what? with that. In the middle of custody cases. Like oh, well, no, it's not going to interfere with it. I mean, you know, anytime that you can state your position eloquently and, you know, concisely and cogently, you know, and uh, and make people understand why you do the things that you do, you don't have anything to worry about. It's not that you're doing anything against the law. What, I mean, what is there some sort of concern you have to have for claiming your children? If anything, you should be, uh, you know, pat on the back for that. Like, I'm taking responsibility, okay, and letting you know. Right. There any, and here's the thing. You do things no matter what they say. Don't ever listen to nothing they say. I just say, well, this don't have any, um, this is insignificant. I right, okay, fine, then it won't matter if I do it. Won't matter if I do it anyway. I'd rather cover my base. Like yesterday where the lady said, the attorney said, well, you don't need a court reporter. Well, I might not need it, but, you know, it's not going to hurt if I have one, is it? I don't hurt if I have one. I'm can going to get one. Can, can that help me? If it, when if it I, can't when hurt I you, it can't do nothing but help you. Right. I'm saying, like, can it help me in my custody cases? Like, once I do that and... and no, uh, no, no. A custody case is... A, that's a, Family law is on the private side. You're, it's not, you're not going against the state. You're going against the other parent. And I get this question all the time, and I don't know what... It's in men and women's minds. I don't know what it is. I have began to understand why in the Bible God said, let no one separate what he's put together, that a man and a woman come together and they become one flesh. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm really seeing that because all this confusion when, uh, you know, when you rip apart a mother and a father and try to determine, like, somebody tried to exercise some sort of authority over the children. In ancient times, when you go back to the Code of Hammurabi, the children went with the father because it was understood that the children are the seed of the father. And if a woman wanted to go get with another man, she had to get that man uh, children. She didn't take a man's children. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. It's how, and that's how it was for a long time. Women taking these children, it's causing all this chaos. And they, they, they walking around talking like the child is theirs. Like man, it had nothing to do with it, and all this kind of stuff. You know, you ain't gonna do my child. I'm like, nah, ain't. that's why courts have to step that's in. They had to make people right understand. Now. now, this ain't just your child; it's both of your chi- children. And so, 
court is a place to, uh, uh, to resolve disputes. And what I try to tell people to do, the first thing you always try to do is you try to resolve your issues out of court. You try to resolve your issues out of court, you know, but it's a lot of emotion. I understand, you know, when two people, trust me, I've been through it myself, so in no kind of way am I trying to make light of the situation. I understand that, you know, when you have two people and there's a lot of emotions going and people are mad and they're vindictive and mad and somebody cheated on somebody or, you know, took something, you know, just whatever, you know. There's going to be some animosity a, a lot. But if people can allow cooler heads, this is also why you do contracts, because then you hammer things out when cooler heads are, you know, are at the forefront. That's why contracts are so important. You know, you do a contract at first. Like, you get married or something like that, you should have a marriage contract. You want to go through all this litigation. You've got to have some type of agreements and everything in place, because we're in a litigious society. Uh, marriages don't last very long. Uh, on average, marriages end within about two years. Um, 80% of marriages are instituted by women. Of that 80%, 90% of those are educated college women. You know, um, you know, you have children. You know, custody usually goes to the, to the uh, you know, to the woman. You know, there's a lot of things to think about. So the first thing is, is not nah, this UCC one filing is not going to give you some sort of unfair advantage over this woman, because first of all, it's a private matter between you and her. Y'all didn't call in. Y'all are the ones, one of you are the ones who brought the state in. State didn't ask to come into this bullshit. Now, one of y'all brought them into this. Right. Or either one of you or both of you. So, you know, so you know, y'all asked them to come in and referee a dispute between, between the two of you because y'all couldn't resolve it yourself. So, no, nah, you know, you, we're doing these things against the public. UCC-1 are, uh, okay, this is why you filed a UCC-1. You filed a UCC-1 to give notice that you have a priority perfected interest commercially in that property, which prevents them from coming in and trying to file claims commercially against that property. Everything they do is commercial in nature. It's some sort of pecuniary interest in everything, in all the property. U.S. citizens, they have a pecuniary interest in U.S. citizens because they're U.S. taxpayers. They got to pay the national debt. So if you kill one, you kill one of their assets that help them pay one of the national debt. So they got an interest in taking care of that property. Okay? So that parents' patria doctrine is what you have to look at. So we're trying to eliminate all of that. You know, you let it know, first of all, I have the priority interest in this property. Not you. It's commercial. It's addressing everything. The UCCs are straight for commercial. If you approach anything, you got to be with that thought in mind. A UCC one is to give notice that you have a priority protected interest in property, first in line, first in time. It's just like a mortgage. You have a first mortgage and a second mortgage. If everybody should know this, who's bought a house, okay? If you got a second, if you got, if you go to, if you uh, if you finance your house through Bank of America and then pay it down, and a couple of years later, you get to take out a second with Chase Bank, okay? If there's a foreclosure, okay, Bank of, if you owe Bank of America $120,000, and you owe Chase Bank $80,000, okay, and then they do a, 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 a broker price opinion on your property and find out the property is only worth $115,000, okay, on a foreclosure, Bank of America is going to get all their money because you owe them one twenty. So 
So Bank of America is going to get the whole 115. Uh, 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 Chase Bank, they out of luck. They out of $80,000. It's just gone. That's why you can do a short sale and go uh, uh, to loss mitigation and talk to them and say, hey, look, you know, y'all finna lose this 80 grand. I, I throw y'all five and y'all release the lien on the property. That's what a lot of real estate investors will do. And they'll come in and swoop up the property. That's how they get them to reduce the price by saying, like, look, you know, hey, y'all, you know, y'all see this foreclosure about to happen. Y'all gonna, they're, gonna send a, they're gonna send a broker out. You're gonna do a broker price opinion. You're gonna come back and say, hey, look, this, this property ain't worth that much. We ain't gonna get this 80000 out of them. So we better get, it's better get something rather than nothing. So you come to them now and say, look, you're not gonna get nothing. But I'm gonna bring, throw you five. Release the lien on it. Then you can release the lien. Now you can go and talk to Bank of America and, and do something with them. That's what priority perfected interest is. That's why we put a $100 million lien against the property. You're setting the lien high so nobody can come in and pay it. That's why it's so high. That's why it's $100 million or $100 billion and things like that, that you see those big-ass numbers on those bonds. That is the amount that anybody who wants to come in, I got the first in line, first in time, all right, I got the party perfected interest in this property, and anybody commercially who wants to come in and assert some sort of claim against this property, you got to pay me these $100 million first. That's the whole game. That's the whole game. That's the whole thing with the UCC. That's the whole reason you have a commercial chamber to establish who has first in line, first in time. You file that UCC one, they time stamp it. They time stamp it and put the date on it. And anybody who files anything afterward, they came, they come after that. That's what it's about. So if we're talking about your children, it's the same thing applies. You're filing a claim against your children, so nobody else can. Everything with these people is commercial in nature. That's all. They want slaves to pay the all of it really is is about they want slaves to pay the national debt. All this is about the national debt. A debtor is enslaved to the lender. So through the process of an ovation, people got to understand what a novation is, where you exchange one debtor for another debtor. The United States debt is the government's debt. That's the corporate debt. That $31 trillion, that's a corporate debt to the United States. The American people didn't have nothing to do with that. Private American citizens didn't have nothing to do with that. That's why they spend so much time trying to individual you into accepting that and keep on, oh, you're a U.S. citizen, you're a U.S. citizen, you're a U.S. citizen. All of it is to make you obligated for the national debt. The national debt is what's behind all of this. Everything, bankrupt, you're using Federal Reserve notes, accounting system, money of account, all this is about the bankruptcy, the debt. Even in the Bible, man, they talk about debt making you a bond servant. What do you think a bond made and a bond servant is? Somebody, somebody who is, is, is peonage. Somebody who is enslaved because they owe a debt. Go back and listen to 12 years of slaves. They were selling, they were, them, them slaves were, were, were indentured servants. They owed money. They had a debt they owed. And they do that today. They put you in prison. They tell you, you got to pay your debt to society. They're not playing. That's a literal debt. It's all debt, man. Everything. That's why you do, that's why I don't come off of this. I can't even believe anybody would fight me on this. It, should, it seems like it should be common sense that any, everything on planet Earth is revolving around some sort of money. Regardless of what you're talking about, gold, silver, mobiles, 
cigarettes, wrapped the tuna. I don't give a fuck what it is. Fuck what it is. It's some sort of pecuniary interest in property. That scripture says money answers all things. Money answers all things. That was Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Why make us marry? But money solves all things. So that link, hope that answers that, that UCC. Yes, sir, you did. That'll help our criminal cases as well. Uh, all of it is. Criminal cases are the same thing. Criminal, yeah. criminal cases, you have to go and study the subject. Criminal cases are civil in nature. Why do you think we go into the courtroom? If you're in a criminal case, I'm going to say it again. All right, before you plead, because when you plead into that, when you plead guilty or innocent, then you've accepted the jurisdiction by pleading. All right, so before you plead, it's your last-ditch ditch effort to challenge. It's not really a challenging of the jurisdiction. It's an abatement of the jurisdiction because you're trying to make a determination of what jurisdiction they're operating under. Right? You can't challenge something until you find out what it is. So you're asking them, pursuant to the Sixth Amendment for the Constitution of the United States of America, you're coming into the courtroom and saying, Your Honor, I'll be more than happy. The first thing, even before you ask the question, if they say, How do you plead? You say, I'll be more than happy to plead um, into the record. But before I do, before I do, um, I don't see any charges that have been formally entered into the record. I request that the Honorable Judge direct the prosecutor to read the charges into the record. Because now we have to establish liability. Who is bringing the claim? We need that on the record. There needs to be a stenographer there and put that on the record. Do what I'm saying and watch how nervous they start acting. Everything that I do, you're going to have to read body language because they're not going to say anything. That's why, that's why it's best to be skillful and catch them off guard. If you catch them off guard and just watch them, you're like, okay, uh, you know, you just, just catch them and watch them. And, you know, everything is body language. Right, They're right, not going right. to expressly say anything. All right? So after they do that, if they don't, I just outright refuse to do it. They probably will bring your charges over to you. If they bring them over to you and give them to you, you look at the front, look at the back, and then you say, for the record, for the record, Jan, I see no charges. Would you please direct the prosecutor to read the charges into the record? Nobody can tell you what you see or don't see. They hand you a piece of paper. I don't see any charges. Have them read the charges into the record. After we get that resolved, now you can say, Yana, um, is this a civil or criminal matter? Because it's civil. That's what we're presuming because it's admiralty, and admiralty is civil. But they're going to say it's criminal. All right, well, that's not telling me much because admiralty has the criminal aspect to it, and so does the common law. Equity doesn't. Equity doesn't have any criminal aspect to it. All right, where are those jurisdictions listed? In the Constitution. It don't list no others. You got maritime admiralty, equity, and common law. Those are the jurisdictions. All this other stat, all this other shit that they saying is some bullshit. Some of statutory jurisdiction. Now we operating under the Constitution for the state of Georgia. They just give you some a whole bunch of bullshit. So you say, Yana, I'll be more than happy to enter. You know, after you get that that resolved, they tell you what's the criminal action. Well, thank you. Let the record show that the action being brought against the defendant is a criminal action. Now, sir, for the record, the Constitution for the United States of America only grants this court two criminal jurisdictions. One is under the common law. And the other constitutes a condition of contract and the criminal aspects of a colorable admiralty jurisdiction. 
Now, sir, would you tell this court and myself, for the record, under which two of these jurisdictions you are trying this criminal action? You've got to get that question answered. You have a right to get an answer to that question because the Sixth Amendment says you have a right, the nature and cause of the action. That's what you're doing. You're exercising a constitutionally protected right. I don't give a, and this is, these are public servants. They can posture and everything like they some sort of kings. They not. They employees of the state. They all took an oath. If you want to, you should get the judge's oath of office and come in there too. Go down to the secretary of state's office and say, I need a certified copy of the judge's oath of office. And walk in there with it and have it in your hand. Yeah, I got your oath of office here. I'm going to enter that into the record. I'm going to be expecting you to honor your oath to uphold the Constitution for the United States of America during these proceedings. It is my understanding that I have a constitutionally protected right to know the nature and cause of any action. Is that not right, sir, for the record? Why? Because answering, he who asks questions is in control. That's why they're always asking you questions. The person asking questions is the one that's in control. Oh, that helps. Oh, help a lot. When 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 would uh, classes start back up, brother? And the, the week I'm starting classes Monday next week. I'm starting them back up with a fury. I got everything I situated. I needed to get situated, and you know I've been very busy. I apologize to everybody out there. I know, you know, I've been doing this like forever, man. I've been doing classes, classes, class, but this is what I do. So, you know, but I'll be yeah. back. We're gonna be getting back right back on the classes, okay? All right, brother. Look, man, very, really, really appreciate you, man. I don't know about everybody else. I'm patient. Um, whoever's on this call and they're not signed up with SPC University, they definitely need to. I'm surprised that it's that cheap. The the, the information that you have, brother, is, is very overwhelming. You have a lot. Even when the classes are not going, it's, still, it's just a lot. It's, I know there's a lot of stuff on there, that's what I'm saying. And I want people to get on there and really, I don't think people really understand everything that's on there. I want people to get on there and explore the website. It's a whole, it's a ton of information on there. There's a ton of information also on my Facebook group. If you go to my Facebook group, for those who don't want to check out my website, you don't want to spend no money, well, go over to the Facebook group. It's a lot of like-minded yeah. people over there. I got 20,000 members in my Facebook group. Over to the Facebook group, there is probably about five, there's probably a thousand documents in the, on, in the Facebook group. Because people upload their stuff. It's not just me uploading, it's all kinds of people uploading stuff in the Facebook group. So you go over there, you'll spend, you can spend a lot of time just going through the Facebook group documents. A lot of stuff in the Facebook group documents, man. You'll probably spend all day, probably a couple of days going through everything over there. So if you don't have any money or anything like that, go over and join the Facebook group. The uh, link is under the description of this video. Just go over there and sign up over there. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go over there and talk to people, post some stuff, ask some questions, go through some documents. You know, it's a nice little thing uh, you can do, too. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you, Brother Yusuf. Shalom, shalom. Uh, all right, shalom, brother. I'm going to the next call. All right, 501-9249. 501-9249. You're on the line. What's on your mind? To the gods, peace to the gods. Thank you peace for being to here today for us. Welcome. Also, I wanted to tell you, you that the, the people in the, on, on YouTube are unable to hear you. There's no sound over there on YouTube. So 
everybody's kind of going crazy check, in the check. chat. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Got you. Got you. But what I wanted to speak to today was the, um, like, I really appreciate sure, sure. how you always make a direct reference to the spiritual aspect of everything. Because when you were just saying something about the um, about the children and ownership and going with um, pa- um, a specific parent or however, like, I noticed that, um, like, where I've been in my spiritual studies, showing how um we actually made a choice to come here like i've heard a lot of people say i didn't i didn't ask to be here and this and that but from my from my research it shows that we did um have a a contract with god prior to coming here which is our higher self the the whole concept of the collective god but our little piece of it is is our specific contract our our um, perspective our view into this plane and it seems like um maybe some of the misunderstanding is on the spiritual level that gets misinterpreted when it comes to the physical um, understanding of these aspects, because like um, if like we didn't come here to direct and control the children, like we're in control of them, we're here to guide them. So if we're doing the process properly, like before we had the council of elders, where it would be a group of people who had been through all these things in life, and they would make a decision whether or not you were ready to get married, and they would consult the stars if you and that person should be in unison, so there wouldn't be something that would be, um, I guess you can say, out of out of the norm with nature, because it seems like uh, the elemental aspect of our natures, like the fire and the water and air and earth or whatever, those elemental natures are present in everything. So in our com- in our communication with our partner and our communication with our kids, because even like a lot of times the kid, they'll ask the kid, which parent do you want to live with? And based on how the child, um, they're uh, growing up, their um, understanding of these elemental aspects, if they haven't been nurtured in the understanding of them, then they won't understand why they feel this warm feeling from mom and maybe a cold feeling from dad, because the masculine energies, they have more of a colder nature in certain signs. So you know, if your dad is this sign, then, you know, he possibly may seem a little cold, but you may still feel the nurturing from him. But because the dynamics are so um, are so intense when it gets down to each sign and the um, the presence of the nature there, the men, sometimes they, you know, get kind of like, you know, you like this whole toxic masculinity, yeah, that was bullshit. You need a man to be a man if he's going to be a man. What do you want? A woman, like that's how this whole feminism thing is thrown this bush in the air and made women think, oh, since I'm independent, I don't need a man. Like, no, honey, you probably needed your dad because, like, somebody should have structured that bullshit before you left out the house for you to think that you should come into society saying anything about what somebody um, is doing or saying outside of you because you can't control it. So if you control your nature, you don't even have to feel any type of way about what somebody else doing. You just know that you're, you're in alignment with your universal nature. Right. Right. Hold on just a second. I'm having some. Okay, there you go. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. All right, we got it back. All right. I don't know what is going on, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry with the problem with the audio. I'm sitting here looking at it right now and just checking the audio out. I'm not, I don't know if it's an equipment problem or something like that, but the audio just goes in, going in and out. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be monitoring the audio. So don't worry about it. Y'all don't have to go crazy. 
in the uh, chat room. <laughs> yeah, they're going crazy on me in the chat room. You know, all y'all out, all y'all out. Okay, but uh, as far as what you were talking about, as far as us being out of alignment and out of balance um, with nature and so forth, I, mean, I agree with that. This is a spiritual um Everything is spiritual. You know, you got to, you know, I really understand why the Jews, they have a bar mitzvah and a bad mitzvah. And um, that is very important. They acclimate their children at an early age to, you know, understanding natural laws and God's laws and principles. You know, they give them a firm foundation before they send them off to school and start teaching them, you know, uh, send them to school so they can learn information that will help them in their careers and so forth. But you got to have the, you have to have a good foundation, uh, a solid. Uh, do you know that 90%? I think it's like 96% of Jewish people who marry a Jew. I'm talking about, you know, I'm not talking about Jews who marry like somebody from another race. But 96%, they all practice their religion and raise their children according to customs. You know, they don't deviate from it. You know, that was a real interesting statistic when I saw that statistic. You know, it's like that's what we got to, where's our culture? You know, you got to think where the culture is. Right now in our community, there's no culture. You know, people just get married. It's not really based off of anything. Um, what is the object? Uh, you know, it's just married because they like each other, you know, they're so-called in love or whatever. You know, marriage is, that, marriage is not there for love. You know, that, that love stuff has never really been a part of marriage in history. You know, dating and romance. The word romance right. comes from Roman. It's a Roman antic. It's a Roman antic. Say what? I say I it, that's right. It, it is a whole different interpretation when it comes to the um, public side of what you know we think marriage is, because that's a contract that you're signing with a partner. So it's basically like opening the business with the partner. And when, when they're not understanding that aspect of it, then they start to add love and all these other words in. And love is a very, very powerful institution. Like the people, I think people kind of make light of it when they're like reading it in its fancy. Oh, I love you way, like the books and all this. Like it's really a lot deeper than that on the spiritual plane. So when they're seeing it now and they're thinking they're relating it to sex and, you know, and, and paying the bills and all that, like, the relationships aren't uh, spiritual ships. They're just kind of situational. They're superficial. So it's situational. They're superficial. Yes. Yeah, it's superficial yeah. things that are based off of you know, ephemeral things. It's like, you know, it's okay. You got a car, a house, and you know, all those. You ain't taking none of that with you. I think the. I think what people have no. lost sight of too is, what is the purpose? What is the purpose of spirituality? Or what is the purpose of religion? Okay, I thought. That, that, that the ultimate goal was to obtain everlasting life. I thought that's what people are supposed to be striving for, is to get everlasting life. Okay, now I'm going to give you my take on everlasting life. Give you my take and my research and my studies have shown me about what is everlasting life. All right, everlasting life to me is the ability to remember from lifetime to lifetime. You have a spirit. I think everybody can agree the spirit does not die because it is an immortal energy. It is, you know, and they express it in different ways. Uh, in the Bible, God says, I took a portion of my spirit and put it into man. He became a living soul. And you have all these different ways that it's talked about. But we know that energy does not, cannot be destroyed. It only changes form. 
Okay, so whatever this energy is that animates your body, we call it a spirit. That's a that's a name we've given to it. Okay, a spirit. Okay, it is immortal. Right. However, however, your memory is not. We want you to think about this. If I hit you over the head and knock you out, and you get amnesia. Are you still the same person you were? If you can't remember anything, they even got movies like this to talk about this. But if you got, if you have amnesia, you forget your name, you forget your mother, your father, everything that ever happened to you in life. The only thing that you remember after you wake up is from the point you wake up to then on. You don't remember anything else. Okay. Are you now a new person? You're a new person. You're a blank slate. Yes. Right. You're a blank slate. So this is what they mean. Around your parents. This is is what Buddha and a lot of people in Jesus were saying, don't have attachment to name and form. You have an attachment to these physical things because it's not you. Who is the observer? Okay? You hear yourself think. think There's a thought in in your head. There's a speaker and a listener going on simultaneously in your head. Which one are you? Right. Oh, God. <laughs> Which one are you? I, the observer. Okay, so name and form, you know, like your name could be John Doe in this life, but it could be Susan Doe in the next life. There's even philosophies that say that we have to experience everything. I even go as far as to say, I've read books that say you got to experience being a homosexual. That life to life you know, to life, you got to experience so everything. Did you? I, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily condone that, but I'm saying I've read that. The, the, the name of the book is Matrix Five. If you if you gay out there and you're interested in what I just said, where I got that information, the book <laughs> I got it from is a book called Matrix Five, right? By Val Valerian. You go and read it. That that book is for. It's like, I, in my opinion, it's a spirituality book for the gays. <laughs> you know, but it was an well, interesting you know what? concept. Huh? That it could be um, um, somewhat relating to that um, androgynous nature, because in a sense, like if you're if you don't see it like that, then it doesn't like uh, if you're not thinking about it in terms of the the any and the outy deal with the you know the feminine parts. I mean the you know with our sexual organs, then it's not so much like that because relating to another person, you have a relationship with all things outside of yourself. So. If it's your mother, you have a relationship with your children, you have relationships. So, you know, you have all these different relationships, but the one that where we have the sexual encounters, then we, we handle those differently. So in terms of um in terms of seeing you, like in a sense, you know, we're we, you know, on the androgynous plane, then, you know, all beings are the same in nature, just the internal natures get different because the male penis is a um protruding um clitoris. I know so y'all like I know y'all women say, like to like yeah, I know y'all women like to say that but, but I don't agree with you. I don't let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you why I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because okay. we have principles, we have laws. Masculine and feminine is a universal principle. All right, so it manifests right. on the physical plane of sex. On the physical plane it is sex. We have a penis and a vagina on the physical plane. But there is that dichotomy that exists on all planes. On the mental plane, you have the conscious and subconscious, masculine and feminine. I I don't agree that everybody has um, this, uh, that, oh, well, you know, it's just men and women are exactly the same 
It's just that one have a penis and one have a, a vagina. No, no, we're not the same because, number one, you can't, first of all, you cannot give something that you don't possess. Y'all don't possess superior strength. So there's no way we could have gotten superior strength from you. No way we could have gotten superior strength from you. Well, hold on, because you, don't like, have, you, you can't give something you don't possess. <laughs> huh? You Wait, did you push your baby out, but you physically, you physically, you, physically, you are not stronger than us. You don't have the aggression that we have. You don't have these things. So y'all try to make this thing, and see, men and women are not equal. They're not. Y'all need to stop this. We, we are superior in what we do. You are superior in what you do. I can't have a baby. I can't have a baby. I'm not going to ever be equal with you, and you can have you can have the children. You're a gateway uh, for the children, and I'm not. I can never understand what labor pains are like. I will never understand that. When you when, when I, I watch my ex-wife have labor pains, you know the um how it starts the closer the baby comes, they start you know, getting closer and closer together. And I'm in the hospital with her, and I and I'm just watching. She goes, oh, oh. I mean like <laughs> clockwork. I mean I'm looking at. Like, you know, like clockwork, them, them, them pains is hitting her. And I'm sitting there, and I wish I could do something for her. I, I'm seeing her, because she's laying up in the bed. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm trying to comfort her, but ain't nothing I can do about them pains, you know. And I can't imagine going through them. I'm like, dang, that's not, I'm not that. I'm not a woman. When I, when I did my research I'm not a woman. Um, for the <laughs> For the right, it is a big deal. It really is. When I did my research for um for my doula training, like these um these um environments that are set up in the hospitals, they um they add on to that energy because we're like we should be understanding breathing techniques prior to even getting to where we're getting ready to have sex or a birth of a baby or anything. So this breathing process is is really specific technique. And then having the baby in a dimly lit environment inside of a pool and with the warm water and then the, where the environment stays regulated. So there's not this crazy hospital with all these lights and all these sounds and people all around that they don't know. So it's um, voices that are unfamiliar. This hospital scene has been set up and created to cause a lot of that. So that they do end up having to do a C-section because they get more money for doing the surgery. So that's another thing. I and think a C-section too. I think they want to do C-sections. Because also it disqualifies your, you know, I was reading something that these, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was a Zionist publication or not, but they were talking about a C-section uh, means your child is like an animal or something like that. I, I don't, don't quote me on that, but it's something negative. And I noticed that too, that when they shoot them up with the dermatol or whatever that is, like this, I was in the oh, hospital yeah. this last time and I was listening to the nurses. And next thing you know, there was a complication with the pregnancy after they gave her that shot to kill that pain. And next thing you know, she needed a C-section. And I heard them talking like we gave her yeah, too much have- or something like that. You know, it's like it's something with that 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 painkiller that they give to the woman that I think kind of creates this need to have a C-section. And people need to start uh, need to start investigating that. Cause I was listening because when I'm Did in the hospital, huh? 
the Stadol and Haldol, those are two. Uh, um, Stadol and Haldol, those medicines that they use, they they trigger um, they trigger a section in the brain that actually cuts off that connection that you have between your mind and your body. Work, you know, when it works in unison, when you're pushing, you'll be pushing to the area that's in your um, beneath your um, your solar plexus. But when you're when you're um, when the medicine um, triggers that part of your brain, you start pushing upward, which usually causes an aneurysm and before they get to the point where it would cause an aneurysm now they're just go ahead and calling it and saying well we're going to do a c-section and then when when they give you the epidural that um your mind and your the body epidural. is not working in unison at all right there it's, it's conflict each other so then you're just numb you're not even able to push that's why a lot of times the women don't dilate after they've had this um the state or the haldol in unison with the epidural because that whole process has to take place in your mind for you to um, process the function of pushing in your body in the right place so that you don't have an aneurysm because that push like that, even those Braxton Hicks contractions in the beginning, they're, they're significant in how they move the baby down the, um, the to the uterus to be able to come into the track to align with, you know, the opening. And see, if that, if that process isn't happening naturally by you breathing properly, when you get that uh, state all or held all, then your mind is not even processing what's going on outside of the pain. You know, because the pain center is off the charts. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'll take my head off. I can't, and I can't imagine that. I mean, I, I, I sympathize <laughs> with you. And let me tell you, I, I was in there watching a the C-section, my last child that was born, and they just ripped the stomach open. How they just ripped her stomach open. Just and just pull the baby out. I mean, it was so barbaric. I'm looking at that, you know, I'm, I'm there, and, and a man needs to be there. You know, I, 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 I can't tell you how, I can't imagine how it is for a woman to have to go into childbirth and the person that she got pregnant by is not there. The father's not there. Oh, my. I mean, you know, like that, that right there, I, I can't, you know, it's like you, 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 a man needs to be there. You know, you need to be there. She's in this environment. These people, you don't know what is on these people's mind. You need there to, you need to get the, um, the afterbirth. That you need to collect that. Yes, they will steal that. that yes, they are taking the afterbirth. Yeah, we've got to be really careful you about need, that because they've been doing that. You for need all a long of that. You don't too. never leave the afterbirth. You take that afterbirth. You can take it yeah. and bury it under a tree for long. That was a custom. We used to have for long life for the child, buried under a tree, plant a small tree under, you know, somewhere like that, the placenta. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I, the hospitals are very, you know, they they some places that uh, you need you need a man there to be observant of everything, to watch every damn thing. You need to have your eyes on that child from the time the child is born. You got your cell phone in there. As soon as that child is born and they take that child over here and put them in that basket to weigh them, you need to take your cell phone and take a picture of the bottom of their feet and their hands. Yes. Take some pictures. Yes. Oh, take yes, pictures yes. of them. There ain't, there ain't no switching around or nothing like that. Start, you start taking some records right there because I don't trust some people at all. I don't trust them. We do need, look, okay. I was telling you last time, but we really need to have us an offline conversation because there are some things that I hear. Like when I'm talking to, to people who have a higher sense of intelligence, it connects neural pathways. And see, when we're talking to like the average Joe in the world, 
these people's minds don't connect the neural pathways that need to be connected between the divine masculine and feminine in this day and age for us to be able to fix a lot of the problems that are going on because there's so many um so many things that we've got baggage on you know the words have baggage on them and if you haven't already cleared that you have an understanding of what these words mean then you get you get this back and forth that becomes a, a little petty side conversation internal you know inside of your relationship or your conversation with the person that is is like odd and it's like well if we establish that we have an understanding of certain things prior to you know starting the conversation then we can be on on terms that are uh, are relative to today's age because like some people are outdated in their understanding of the language i don't know i don't know about that what do you mean when you say outdated how do you what what do you mean when you say outdated maybe outdated is wrong maybe outdated is the wrong word um like like before we before i start understanding all of this about you know like the whole stuff going on with the government and all of the astrology like i i was in school i was just like the common person you know like i didn't know what words meant specifically but once i started doing my own research and you know on my erudition process then i really got to understand that this is a lot deeper than what i think because these words the even the languages were formed inside of us when you say certain letters it, it goes to like when you do a deep e it's in your in it your does. solar plexus you can feel it in and your that's stomach. the principle and, and you know what that say, is that's the principle of vibration okay. and cause and effect all words have vibratory frequency and all of them have direct cause and effect associated with it. that's what it calls spells that's what spells are all about speak when you say speak the magic words you have to you, you have to say the magic words properly. They have to be in the right tone. If you don't, you know, abracadabra. If you don't say the right words specifically with the right tones, you won't get the desired effect. So you have to. So yes, everything is vibrational frequencies. Words are power. Words are the foundation of manifestation because they're vibratory frequencies. That's what the that's what the Kabbalah is about. The Kabbalah is about the science of sound. Speaking words, you know, using words and things of that nature. The the ultimate power is the magi, the magician. The magician doesn't need anything. When you see people that need to, uh, they need to go and get potions and uh, they need a wand and they need things like that. All of those things work, but those are lower levels because the highest level is when you can do everything with your mind. That's the highest level right, when you don't need anything outside of you. Huh? Right. That's it. The mentalism, the um, the concept of mentalism, because the universe is mental. So you're putting the power into that object for you to even feel like it has power anyway. Just like the money, for it to even be relevant, we all have added this power to it and given credit to it. So now we're operating with it like, oh, it's really something. But the energy, the money comes from within you. Is your currency, your ability That's to right. generate a current? Or money is just like, a money is just a symbol. Money is a symbol of the level of attraction that how you can attract resources to yourself. That's all money is. Money is just a barometer. It's just nothing. That's why the people, when they took away gold and silver, when you read House Joint Resolution, when you go read the congressional record, when they were discussing removal of money, they were saying that it's really not needed. Uh, Senator Pat, his name is Senator Patmos. I forgot his name. But he was sitting there saying, he said, he said money's not really needed. And he's absolutely right. Gold and silver, it, people, right. I, you know what? People out there, they'll say, well, we need to go back to the gold standard. 
you think if we go back to gold and silver, if you're broke now, you're, you're not going to be broke then? You're going to be more broke because if, when people had gold and silver, they were hoarding it. They were hoard gold and silver. They take right. it and just put it in their house and not bring it out. And it, it's not circulating. So one of the reasons for the removal of gold is to, and taxes, because taxes is a uh, coercive type of thing, is to keep money flowing. Is to keep money flowing because money needs to flow like electricity. So, but it's all about the mind, that flow of money. There's more money in the world. There is more money in the world. There's enough money in the world for anybody can be, everybody on planet Earth can be multimillionaires. That's how much money is flowing out there. There's more than enough. So the money, this, this, this paper currency is just an idea. It is a medium of exchange. They needed something physical as a conduit so we can exchange things with. It's not the problem we have with the Federal Reserve note. The Federal Reserve note is that somebody else, a foreign power, is controlling it, okay, when it should be just the people. That money should just be flowing amongst the people, somebody controlling the value of it and all of this kind of thing. Somebody else has control of the money, right? That's really the problem with the Federal Reserve note. Because the colonists were using promissory notes before the Federal Reserve got a hold of it. They were using promissory notes. They used promissory notes. Go get on the Internet right now and go and look. And put the, put, put up, pull up colonial script. That's what the uh, Revolutionary War was fought over. Because the Rothschilds wanted them, they, they, didn't want, they wanted them to use uh, the Rothschild script. And they was like, nah, we use our own stuff. That was the basis of it. Go listen to that video, All Wars or Bankers' Wars. You go over to my bit shoot and listen oh, to it. Yeah. Y'all didn't really need to go and study this mm. stuff because a lot of people, they have an issue with money. I see it all the time. You know, I, I, there's always some some man who say, you know, everybody knows use of all about that money. And it's really just, it's just really a jealousy type thing because they see me yeah. getting it and they don't have none. Really, they really don't have energy. any because yeah. you'll never find a man. You This one thing, anybody can check this. You will never See another man who has more money than you seeing you get money and talk about the fact you get money. It is always going to be. If there's somebody critiquing you for getting money, it's always somebody beneath you who doesn't have it. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Ain't nobody that got, ain't no wealthy person looking at you getting money and say, he all about money. (laughs) There's nobody. It's only a broke person person that's doing that only they and, and for a man to do it let me just say this real quick in, in a public form that's why i say you a bitch i mean you should be embarrassed because that's what that means you you're really making a public declaration that i'm broke here's the crop i see that man over there getting money he's able to influence people to give him money you know i'm jealous of him you know, the women are giving him attention. They're not. Get, I can't get any attention from women because I can't draw any resources to myself. But they will start paying me attention and things like this. You, when you really just start really analyzing it, it really is some feminine type things. And why is I? Why am I calling it feminine? We used to say this in the street. Man, man, you really got him getting your chest. Feminine is anything receptive. The masculine exerts its authority over something. That's what masculine is, an active principle. The feminine is receptive. It receives something. So when you're in your feminine, what that means is you're receiving something. 
So you're just being controlled. You're allowing somebody to control you emotionally. You're allowing somebody to control you mentally. That's not for a man to do. A man is a protector and a provider. He's the one with the goals. He's the one that's directing. That's the masculine. And that's why, that's why you know, this, doc, this, this, this play with this masculine and feminine, why everything is out of whack, and you got women trying to be men and men trying to be women and things like this, and you know, and you know that it's, that, that it's not the right thing because look at the state of the world right now. Look at the state of the world. Right. When people are trying to do that. No, it's all, it's all out of whack because people are not in their natural role, you know, the natural role of a man. So we need to start teaching people, once again, the power of the mind, that, 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 that the mind is a, is, a, is, a, is a projector of vibratory frequency, that when you put a thought out into the universe, that is something that can be measured. They have scientific equipment that can measure your thoughts. That's something that is real. And it's going to come back to you like kind. They call it Mother Nature. The reason you say Mother Nature is because when you put a thought out into the universe, into her womb, she gives birth to whatever it is that you sent out there. She brings it back to you. That's why she call it she. You put out that thought, she gives you back like kind whatever that you put out. And you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Just like if you get a woman pregnant. I impregnate a woman with my seed. She's giving a child back that looks like me. If the child don't look like me, it means somebody else put a seed in her. And that's the same thing with your thoughts. Are you the one, your subconscious mind, okay, the male, the, the masculine is the provider and protector. The conscious mind, which is masculine, provides to the subconscious mind, which is feminine, and it protects the subconscious mind from anything that is unwanted. That's why the seat of the will, the willpower, is in the conscious mind, the, the, ability, the ability to decide, okay? So if the conscious mind gets shut down, meaning like when you get hypnotized, that's what hypnotism is, shutting down of the conscious mind, or you get hit over the head, that's the shutting down of the conscious mind. The subconscious is always open. So if the, if the conscious mind gets shut down, the subconscious is open for attack from anything. Anybody can impregnate your subconscious mind. It can happen through repetition. That's why they hit you with commercials. Everybody's trying to oh, get attacked. Yeah. Why do you think they spend billions of dollars? Billions of dollars is to get to your subconscious mind. Everybody want to fuck your girl. That's what everybody wants. To impregnate what they, what they want. And that's why you have to have psychic self-defense. You have to have a strong yeah. will. You can't have a weak will. You have to have a strong will to resist that. These, what these people are doing, they're doing it. So, you know, so you, this, this dichotomy of masculine and feminine, that's why the nature of those activities have to be understood. You have to understand that, look, man, you have a, have a strong will. And this is not, and that, and that is an example of, of, of masculine and feminine without using penises and vaginas. I could easily say right. a battery has a positive and a negative pole. When they say you're and in a negative mind in a negative state, when they say you're in a negative mind, a negative state, what negative mind means is that you're open to be, like we used to say in the hood, man, they got you open. That means you're open to be received. There's something affecting you. If there's something affecting you, that means you're allowing something inside of you. You're allowing something inside of you. So we call it a negative state of mind. 
A positive state of mind is when you are exerting your influence on the world. You're directing your life the way you want to go. That's masculine. Everything masculine is about asserting yourself. Like when the women, when women try to be dominant, they try to assert themselves over a man. We call them masculine. They don't want to. They don't want to submit to you. They want to assert dominance over you. So what do we call it? We call it masculine. That's what the feminist. Feminism is not about equality. Feminism is about male domination. It's about male domination. That's why I can't stand them. I wish I was like, man, you ain't no man. I'd be like, that's why I'd be talking. Oh, you think you're a man? Okay, let's let's go show these women they the error of their ways since they think they men. Yo, you think you're a man? You think you're a man? You think you can do what a man can do? You think you're a man? Okay. Listen, let it be a war. You lucky the world is civilized. If we lived in a state mm-hmm. where the world wasn't civilized, trust me, we would not have none of these discussions. What whatsoever. All the little attitude and shit that they got and everything, you wouldn't see none of that. So they'd be somewhere quiet, huddled up, looking for a strong man to protect them. The roving bands of other men coming and trying to snatch their ass up, rape them, beat them, beat them after they even murder them, to take the children, do whatever, and they could do nothing about it. We're in a civilized society. That's the only reason a feminism can only exist in a first world country. It don't exist in a second or third world country. You don't see that shit over there. And then we yeah, got to look at who right. are the people, who are the architects of the society that we have today. Who are the, because even if they have a problem today, they got to call a man, they got to call the police, they got to call other men to get these other men in check. I be telling my kids, I'm the police. <laughs> we are kind of police, I'm the police, because they you put them in your business, then you got a whole other situation going on. We need to start policing our own homes, our own communities. We do need to police our own homes, but we need, we, need, we, need, uh, we, need, we need men doing it. Men are supposed to be the ones policing right. their neighborhood and protecting their neighborhood. Look at the old Italian neighborhood. What women out there in the street uh, protecting the neighborhood? The Italian men were out there. You go in, a, uh, in a, an Italian neighborhood if you want to and act up and see what happens. Ain't going to be no women out there checking you. It's going to be men. So look, this is what we need to do. We we need to we need to write these um write these declarations. Like I noticed that a lot of the things that um that we find now, you know, we would go back to ancient texts and we would go back to people who wrote in the past and according to, you know, what we're seeing now, a lot of the stuff was written to deceive because, you know, once they did the whole Library of Alexandria deal, swapping out and acting like they burning books or whatever they did with it. We can see now clearly based on our um, our evolution and our our understanding that our soul's been here before. So now we're on this journey. We can see things that need to be set in stone. We need to start writing those as books. That's what I was talking about collaborating with you on. Because, like, once we sure. get it in, set in stone, then, you know, even having our, our discussions about it becomes a thing that now we're discussing something that is set in stone, like scientific in a sense. Because, that's like, what I was about to say. So I said, that's, why the, the, that's why the Egyptians... The Egyptians put everything in stone because they knew people coming around and try to change things. That's why the, the, the saying is written in stone. Because if you write it in stone, you can't distinguish. Mm-hmm. You can't change it. You ain't do anything, you know. And then they put it in pictorial language, too. So you can really, because the pictures were a thousand words, so they put pictures up, too. 
Yeah, it's like, let's write it in stone. Let's put pictures of what we look like, too. So 20,000 years from now, you know, people will (laughs) will still see it. That's nature's language, the symbolism. And and as as we think about it, when we look to the sky. That is true. That's symbolism, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. How, oh, I love that. That is how nature speaks so awesome. to you. And now you got to learn how to read. You got to learn how to read the language too. And uh, and that's where your intu- intuition, your intuitive skills start to kick in. You, in. you start developing your intuition and your awareness because uh, you know people aren't aware of things, and that's why that's why it's important to reading books and studying uh, ancient texts and history and studying wisdom. You know, if you want to study Mother Nature, you got to study her. You know, you gotta. You should make wisdom your first priority, especially if you're a young man or young woman out there. You should snatch up every book that is about wisdom. Read uh, how a man thinketh and how a woman thinketh. That is an excellent book. He, you know, he went out into the woods, didn't have sex for an extended amount of time, allowed the sperm to accumulate up in his body. James Allen, and he wrote as a man thinketh, which is a law of attraction book at its essence. But that is a man right there. When you read that, you know, you can see these people when they go out in the woods and everything and do things like this, like what Jesus did with the 40 days, uh, 40 day fast and things like that. There was a reason for it because mm-hmm. it, your awareness starts, you start opening up centers of the brain and start becoming world worse. Sex Ooh, is a very detrimental so thing to a man. Sex is detrimental oh. to a man. Okay. Ejaculation. I ain't going to say sex. Ejaculation is. You can have as much sex you want. There's a book called by Charles Runnels. The, the author's name is Charles Runnels, Dr. Charles Runnels. It's called Anytime You Want, As Long As You Want. Y'all can Google it right now on the Internet. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a PDF version of it. You can go on Amazon and buy it if you can find it. All right, but that book right there, that was a very good book. That, that doctor, he experimented, okay? He experimented with not ejaculating for like 72, this number 72 always comes up too. 70, the number 72. Pay attention to that number. Nine. It takes about 72 days for a sperm to, um, uh, to fully mature, okay? But your, your testosterone starts to increase, and the body, he was talking about how your body starts to become more muscular. You start to naturally lose weight because the body knows that it naturally, when you go a long time without ejaculating, the body's going to naturally make itself more attractive to the opposite sex. This is why, you know, you, you're, you get muscular just naturally. You know, it's, uh, it's just things you got to, you know, it's, 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 you read it's an interesting subject. And, um, you know, it's a very, that's a very interesting book. It's called As Long As You Want, Anytime You Want, As Long As You Want. And that book works. You can have sex as many times as you want as you don't ejaculate. If you can learn to control your ejaculation, you can have sex 50 times a night with a woman. And then sending the anyway, sending it back up to your um uh, to your pineal gland actually um uh, allows the higher consciousness to be um lubricated in a sense because it's a it's a serum that is actually flowing down your spine in the front that steps of Jacob's ladder and then back up the that's spine right. and it circulates every three days so that's the um rising that's Christ, what he um, rising about. again on the third day. That's what he, he talks about that in that book, and that's why I talked about James Allen, because James Allen says he did it in his book, um, uh, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people in history who you call geniuses, okay, how they got to that level, level of genius, all of them across the board 
uh, uh, understood uh, sperm retention. The sperm is what makes you intelligent. That's also where they get the ideas. Steve Jobs, him and his wife, they had a discussion. He said, I'm going to become a billionaire. So he had to explain to his wife why he wasn't going to have sex with her for a while. Because you wonder where they get these ideas. So you're sitting there thinking that they just naturally, these intelligent guys started in garages and all kind of stuff. No, they found the key. And then they, they, they found the strength enough to do it. Because then after you find out to do it, it ain't easy to do. It's not easy to not ejaculate for 72 days. Especially when you have a habit of doing it. You didn't establish a habit of having a lot of sex. Because they've been taught, yeah, busting up. Man, I bust three nuts last night. I busted. You know, we, we brag about that shit, how, how many nuts we busted. And they used to hear them say that if you have too many orgasms, you can get brain damage. I believe that. Yeah, it'll cause dementia. I believe that. It'll cause dementia. Mm-hmm. I believe that, yes. Yeah. I believe that. So with yes, the, I with believe the that. Two with, with the energy of the um, two or more gathering, when two or more gathering his name, with that, um, is that um, in a sense related to the um, the sexual energy of the the um, divine feminine masculine, like the man and woman actually having sex, and then both of them knowing not that they're not going to um, ejaculate or you know or come whatever. Well, no, that, the ejaculation they, they ain't for the woman. The, uh, First of all, you need the, the female. There's no manifestation without the female. There is no manifestation right. without without the the feminine. The feminine is gives birth to things. So uh, so just like like I just explained, you have to impregnate the feminine, and the feminine gives birth to whatever the masculine impregnates with. You probably heard of sexual magic and things like that. You orgasm at that point of orgasm. Yeah. You orgasm at the same time. You can manifest things and all of this. Um, you know uh, what is his name? Um, the uh, the uh, golden the the order of the golden dawn. Uh, my man that was um, uh, uh, in there, they were heavily into the sex Casey. magic, huh? Edgar Casey? No, not Edward Casey. He wrote the Thelema. They call him the most wickedest man alive. I keep forgetting his name, but uh, he was into heavy into sex magic. And a lot of them are because they understood this 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 dance between the masculine and feminine, and but they needed virgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get like the uh, the magic of Abramaline, it's a book called The Magic of Abramaline, which is on sigils, okay, in the Kabbalah, and that book is dealing with um, by the time you get forty years old, which is really the time when a man is a true and untrue adult. Man, you reach because you live, you're supposed to live to be one hundred and twenty. You're third through your life supposedly when you're 40, and that's when you really become an adult. But at that time, you're supposed to do, they do this ritual, but you have to have a virgin a virgin girl. There's something about the virginity of a woman. Right? That's why a lot of the seers and everything, they were virgin women, because allegedly prior to a woman having sex, that's why they have a hymen over their vagina, is that she has to direct, her soul is directly connected to uh, Mother Nature. And when you, you have sex with her, she loses that with the first man she has sex with, and she takes on that man. Now, I, you can look at this, and you can gauge it for yourself. Just examine any woman that's been molested. If she's been molested by a debased man, she's going to have a, start having a debased life. She's going to go out there and start um, be, have a loose lifestyle sexually, uh, maybe strip dance, 
They have a whole different type of uh, mentality. You go into a strip club, I, I, I probably most of those girls in there have been molested in some kind of way. And so we got, so that's another I'm thing so why the men were killed who would do things mm-hmm. like that. You, you low, because it's a low lot of low level men. We talk about these women, but a cause, but a cause a lot of this stuff is because these women were growing up in houses with very debased men. That needs to be talked about mm. too. That has to be talked about the level that of molestation it. that is going on to these young girls with these uh, uh, with these men that's out of pocket. They don't understand uh, natural law principles either of the damage that they're doing to the community. To, uh, uh, women and children and things like that because you can't control your sexual appetite. That makes a lot of sense in terms of um, some of the research I had just been doing on the, um, like I've been studying um, medical astrology and the understanding of a spiritual, mental, and a physical ailment because if you've got one, like your knee hurting, you still have a physical and a, a mental and a spiritual concept that's triune to that one ailment and if we're not healing all of them, then we're still, in a sense, not healed completely. So when you're thinking right. of these things, um, in our birth matrices, when we're born, we're born with certain um, elements in certain places that um, that react to other elements. So when when we're healing, trying to heal these processes, that's what I've been working deep into because a lot of it is on a mental level to be able to heal it because the, I like some of it has to be go some of it. Yep. I talk about the same thoughts with the mind. No, we're geniuses. <laughs> we are geniuses. <laughs> hey, we are geniuses, and I, I, I study this stuff, and it's like, and that's why I give out the information. I know some young men out there listening to me that are young, and that's why I'm trying to put you on that path of study for yourself. Don't believe nothing I'm saying. You know, get on that path. But when I was a young man, I was reading all this stuff. I was reading, I read thinking, uh, uh, as a man think of James Island when I was 22, uh, thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And when you start to stimulate all that information, you start to see a similarity in a lot of the things that everybody is saying. Like, damn, this dude over here was saying the same thing. And this dude over here, we were saying the same thing. He kind of said it a little differently, but you start reading different things, you start noticing that, damn, you know, everybody who's successful saying the same damn thing, that you got to, you know, that you got to get your mind right, you got to write down your goals, you need to um, get your, you got to eat the right foods, you got to cut down on the sex, the excess, you got to be disciplined in all aspects of your life. You start seeing it, and then you begin to understand it. Even when you read an es- esoteric book, ain't nothing but scientific books. There's really no such thing as magic. The word magic is a, is a term uh, that they use for a science that you're not familiar with. You know, like if I was to start levitating right now, you would just lose your damn mind. But it could be explained scientifically. I just focused my mind, the vibratory forces from my mind, to became to it could start to have an effect in the physical world and then and lift myself up. But it ain't no thing where it's something just like it's you know just this incredible thing. It's, it can all be explained scientifically. Watch that movie Thor. Thor was trying to explain that to Jane. He was like, like, look, it's just y'all call it magic. We just call it's just science where we come from. Everything is science. Science, the word science, the word see enter, where the word science comes from, means to know. It means to know. And science is science is nothing but the study of how God put everything together, the mechanics of nature, how everything works. 
and they're keeping a large part of that information from you by keeping you focused on jobs. Um, that's why I said, what is the object? Yeah, I thought it's supposed to be everlasting life because you you worried about things that 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 they really when you really think about it in a larger scheme really don't mean anything because you can't take any of it with you. So it's just for the person that thinks, well, there's nothing after this life, so I'm gonna enjoy my life right now because you don't have any help, hope of anything coming after this, which is really I can't even understand that. I can't understand why somebody would believe with a boundless universe out there. You think that whoever created us just created us just to stay right here, that we're not supposed to explore all of that out there? You all that out there, you don't think we ain't, we not supposed to explore it? Man, I, I, my imagination takes me on a, on a journey through the universe, and this little 70, 80, 90 years ain't enough time to do it. So... You're supposed to be you're, uh, supposed to be spending time. Your spirituality means that you're working on getting eternal life. And eternal life means the ability to retain your memory from lifetime to lifetime. Because these bodies do not live forever. These physical bodies don't live forever. Unless you learn how to do a, a macabre, a macabre, and you can take the physical body with you. That's what the macabre is all about. Learn how to take the physical body and travel through the universe with you. Anyway, let me go to the next call. I appreciate it, sister. All right, let's go to 910-910-0123. Hello? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, um, so I got, I got like, I got like three, three questions. Okay. So, yeah, like, like three. All right. First, the first one is about uh, custody. Um, custody of what? So I probably, uh, my son. Okay. Yeah, I probably filed for custody. And like, uh, let me see. It was March sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one. And I filed for emergency custody, and I was supposed to see him because I'm reading the laws and stuff. And uh, I filed for emergency custody. I was supposed to see a judge within a week, and uh, they just drew it out. Every time I called down there to the clerk, they would tell me, "Oh, you can't." Uh, they continued it. They continued it, and they they drug it out for like a year, close to close to two years. And uh, does, she, does, so does like, she have an attorney? Uh, does she have an attorney? She, she didn't at first. It was me versus her at first, and uh, so like. Does it sound like the attorney's the one to get any continuing? What is what? What is your uh, grounds for trying to get custody? Um, because it was equal custody when she was living in in North Carolina. She was in living in North Carolina, and like she moved to another custody. state. No. Yes. Did she have? Did she have? Did she? Did she inform the court? That's illegal. You know, it's against the law for them to do that. Yeah, that's what I was telling them. That's what I was telling them. That's why I went and filed. For yeah, they don't never enforce it though. They don't never enforce. They say it in court. You know, that's against the law, and then they just let the shit slide. They don't. They don't even enforce the shit because the whole system is geared toward destroying masculinity, man. I'm gonna just put it out there, just what it is. The court system, yeah. everything 
in society is geared towards is you you're in an uphill battle. But yeah. you know, what is so what so so what is she so she moved to another state. Yeah. Right? She uh and you wanna get you wanna ask me what? What's your question? Um, basically, can I do anything like wh- about what they did to me about how you just said that's against the law and everything, and that the fact that I filed for emergency custody within the um, right amount of time, and they did nothing. They drew it out. They uh. I'm gonna suggest. Listen, no man. I'm a, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. You need to go get yeah. you an attorney. Go get an attorney. Do not try that family court stuff. Is a different type of animal because you're yeah. dealing with. You're dealing with another person that has just as much right to the child as you do. So it's not like they stole the children. I mean, it's her child, too, and it's your child. So yeah. that's why, you know, family law is private law. So when I talk about things, but, I'm talking about the government, you know, us going against the government. When you start, y'all yeah. come with these questions and trying to get me to tell you how to go in and take the child. Because I could bring her on, and she could make you look bad. A hell no. Because I didn't yeah. did that. I didn't been, I didn't been in I didn't been in a situation where a guy yeah. came in and was telling me about a girl. He was talking about, man, this girl tripping. You know, we, we in jail. We in jail. I'm, I'm a jailhouse lawyer. So he come over to my table, and he just got arrested. He just got put in. He got put in. He got a TPO violation. It's protective order. That he violated a protective order, which in the state of Georgia is a felony with a five-year sentence. I don't even understand. Yeah. I tell guys all the time, when a woman puts a TPO on you, it is over. She's trying to put you in prison, nigga. Yeah. So she knows but where you're at. <laughs> okay? Yeah. You're going to know exactly where you're at. You're going to be in prison. She's going to be fucking somebody else. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Bad situation. But my like my story, my my case kind of different. Like, uh, and I got a lot of evidence about what been going on. And I've I've been listening to a bunch of court stuff, but I found you like kind of too late. Cause like, well, not too late. It's never too late. But like, I found your channel when I was watching all the court stuff. Like, it was just like a bunch of older white guys talking about it. I once I found yours, I could like relate to you, and I could I understood way more. Right, but I'm gonna just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say get an attorney. Get this. Listen, get you an attorney. If this is one of those situations where an attorney can actually help you. Okay, there are situations. I don't like attorneys for criminal cases and in mortgages. Those really the only two things. If you're an attorney out there looking at this, I'm really the only two things I don't like attorneys for. Because I've seen what you do, and those are some of the most you know. You know, but if you need an attorney for like, if, you know, like you got a back case, you're in an injury, get an attorney. You know, this, this yeah. child support stuff, this family court stuff, I don't have a problem you getting an attorney. Get you an attorney. You know what I'm saying? The attorneys do work in, in some situations. I'm not totally against them yeah. on every situation. I, this is definitely something that my, an attorney can help you with. A family, a good family law my, attorney can help you. Man, it's kind of like they know me. Like it's kind of like a big case where I'm at. They they know me. Everybody like they know me from basically going to the court every day at two years, asking them what's going yeah, on. And then and the they definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. 
right? Yeah. If you want to get yeah. something different, you must do something different. That's how the laws of nature work. If you want a diff- this different outcome, then the actions that you take must be different. So I would suggest if you want, because like I was about to say with this situation, dude in jail, he come over to my table, he's talking about, yeah, this girl tripping, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't paint this girl to be the worst thing in the damn world. He go right over to the phone and call her on the phone and then start cussing her out and threatening her life and catch another charge, <laughs> you know, catch another charge. And I'm sitting there right in front of me. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was looking at him, and I was saying, she needed to put a goddamn protective order on your ass. I see how, you, you know, see how, yeah, I see why she's afraid of you. So that's what I'm always doing. I'm, 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 I'm always understanding, like, because the position I'm in is women coming at me talking about men, and it's men coming at me talking about women. And it's like, look, man, yeah. you know, it's two sides to every story. There's her side, your side, and then there's the truth. Because she could come in and paint yeah. a picture of you and talk about just how evil you are, and you could come in with a picture of us. So my thing is, is where's your evidence? Do you ask about the mistake ev- people make? You got evidence? My, ev- my evidence, yeah, like I had an equal custody order because she, she came to court. She didn't show up. She went in dishonor. I, I was staying She went, to, she went to another state. You're going to have to get, a, you yeah, have to get but, an attorney. No, she, she, showed, she showed up here in North Carolina, like, by herself. Then she came to court. Then she said, oh, I'm going to get an attorney. Then she didn't show up. Then her attorney didn't show up. She had an attorney. They didn't show up. Then they gave me an equal custody order. Then I'm asking the court. Listen, I don't man, know listen, where man, listen, man. I got a homeboy. I got a homeboy. He's going through this. He's been fighting five years. All right. He got a yeah. woman. She done stole the kids and got in high school speed police chases. Went up to school and kidnapped them. Cut doors, hide niggas to come over and beat him up, all kind of stuff. He got, and this dude is a police officer. He's a police officer, and she did all this to him. He's a police officer, and they didn't lock her ass up until finally she got into a high speed chase in the wrong county. When the white people don't play that shit, they finally locked her ass up. I'm trying to tell you, man, the shit that happened to you, you got to get this out of your mind. If you do anything, they locking your ass up immediately. These women, yeah. they get away with a million damn things, man. They ain't locking them up. And, and the underlying reason, because it is, well, it's the mother of the, of the child needs the mother. It's almost right. like they yeah. think the child needs the mother more than the father. But right. everybody's yeah. been advocating for the fathers, man. The fathers get shit on in, in family court, man. I done seen it a million times. Every man out there watching this is listening to you right now like, yeah, I went through that shit too. Really, I went through what you did. My ex-wife took my children out of the state. This before I knew any of this stuff. And she came right in court and told the, told the judge that. The judge said, you know that's illegal. She said, well, I got to go. The judge told us, like, look, if you don't let them see them kids, I'm putting you in jail. You think she did that? No. Nope. Yeah, straight, yeah. Moved straight out the state. So I, I already went through what you I, I yeah. went through what you're going through. And some of them things that, that I'm talking about, I fought like two years in court, going back and forth and things. And this is before I was even uh, uh, knew any of this stuff I'm talking about right now. This is over 20-something years ago. But I'm just saying that it's still the same. It's still the same. Women yeah. going, now, you got that. Now, in Georgia, they uh, lobby, and they got some things like, for instance, with child support, 
they make you go both uh, income. You can both see the children. Um, you can get your child support reduced up to 180 days. So if you keep your child up to 180 days a year, you can get your child support reduced. Just a lot of things like yeah. that they advocated for, and they got some things that was changing. But, man, you're speaking to the choir. You need to go get an attorney. i tell you right now. Get your attorney. Yeah. Oh, go get so you an attorney. Is, oh, right, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. The other thing is out here, I, I'm facing these like, uh, just like speeding, some speeding charge. All right. Um, so I went, I bonded out of court for thirty five hundred, and then I went. I've been dealing with this for like a year and some change. I went to every court date. They keep continuing. They never told me to, because I asked them the Constitution grants two forms of jurisdiction and all that. They never answered it. And then uh, they don't. They uh they sent me all the way up to trial without answering. And then the day I came an hour late, an hour late for court. Mind you, they called me the day before to tell me oh, you late to court the next no. day. I never, I never, I never heard of that. They called me on the phone, and I got all this stuff recorded. So I came in an hour late, and they put a failure to appear on me and arrested me in the courthouse. And char- and change the bond to seventeen thousand. Listen, you can't be so late. They will. They, like, yes. If if the bond, they though, if they created the the bond in my social security, is it a way I can make a claim to the bond? I mean, yeah, you can make a claim to the bond. Of course, you can do. It. You can do with these processes we're doing with that. That's definitely something that you can address. You know, um, you, you said it was seventy-two thousand. No, it was it what? was thirty five hundred the first time, and then they changed it to seventeen thousand. The second. Oh, time your bond was seventeen thousand dollars. So you had yeah. well, you had to pay ten percent of that, right? Yeah, seventeen. Which was seventeen hundred dollars to get out of jail. Yeah. And this was for what? Uh, they speeding and uh resistance resist no failure to stop for silence. But that's the thing. This is more than that. This more than this more than that, dog. No, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the paperwork. I see it and failure to uh, stop for silence. And the crazy thing, the car was parked. By the time the cops came, the car was already parked. They never seen. I wasn't driving. They never like. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. How can they do all this? They came up. I told them I was the owner of the car. And then I said, after that, I'm pleading the fifth. Like I'm just um, I'm pleading the fifth. They said, well, I'm taking somebody to jail, and they took me to jail. Well, you know, I already gave them what they need. You said he's the owner of the car, so you got all the liability, so you just accepted liability for it. The best thing you do is say your name and don't say shit. And don't, don't, don't give them no input. See, when police are talking to you, let me, let me say this to everybody. Police ask questions because they are trying to get information to arrest you. I, yeah. They don't make yeah, the yeah, determinations yeah. I, on guilt and innocence. They don't make determinations okay. of guilt and innocence. They're just trying to corroborate evidence and substantiate whether or not they have enough to arrest you. And usually that comes yeah, from you talking. Usually that comes from you talking. That's why they tell you you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Yeah, having a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be provided for you. They got the Miranda. All right, Miranda versus Arizona. They that's the, that, that's the case. But, well, you know, you need to be Mirandaized, but, you know, you, are, you have to prove all of that. But the thing is, what I'm saying is 
usually the best course of action in an inter, inter, an empty interaction with the police is just if you can give them your name and maybe identify yourself, they may have a right to Terry Frisk you. It's called Terry Frisk. A Terry Frisk is when they search you for, for weapons, and they just do that to make sure they're safe. They don't have no right to go inside of your pocket on the Terry Frisk. If you got a big uh, a thing of marijuana in your pocket, and they figure, say, what is this? You say, none of your business. Don't go in my pocket. You carry frisk me. You want to, I ain't got no weapons on me. That's all you need to know. Uh, I don't care if you got a damn half ounce of cocaine in your pocket. If you have not done anything, so, and they cannot justify uh, justify stopping you, that's called fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine. And they cannot use yeah. that to incriminate you. They can only pat you down for, uh, for weapons. It's called a terry frisk. Terry Fritz. That's it. So, you know, and that's why I tell people, too, you know, when you're driving, don't be smoking and shit in the car because y'all giving them, all you're doing when you smoke weed in your car is giving somebody probable cause. That's all you is, just a ride around probable cause. (laughs) Take your ass home, smoke at home. You can't wait till you get home. When I go back to court for the, uh, for like the speeding thing, they kept asking me because I went down there to the clerks to ask for the uh, bond information because I was trying to file a claim because I feel like I've been injured in the process. They had no, ev- they got no evidence, they got no nothing. They just said it was me. Then, then if they got no evidence, then file a demand for speedy trial. When somebody, when they don't have any okay. evidence, the reason you file demand for speedy trial, the demand for speedy trial is a chess move. Okay, and what it is is. When they have no evidence and no witnesses, and they're letting the case languish, because that's what you're describing, they're letting it languish, meaning they just let yeah. it keep going and going until you until they fatigue you into compliance, because it's your job under equity, right? you the one that has to assert your right. All right? So when the demand for speedy trial puts time limits on the ass, and if they don't bring you to trial yeah. within that certain time limit, they got to drop the charges. Now, yeah. it, it can't backfire on you because they got so they hate to lose so bad, they'll make up some shit. They'll start that's pulling they, uh, witnesses out of their ass and shit like that. But the thing about it is, is you got to put them on the time limit. You got to put them on the time limit. That's how you do what demand for speedy trial does. The demand for speedy trial, when you see they ain't got no witnesses, they ain't got any evidence, anything like that, you demand it's okay because you got to put them on the clock. They got, they got, they got, they have terms of court. You need to understand what a term of court is. A term. Once you put a demand for speedy trial in, well, here in Georgia at least, they got two terms to bring you to court. A term depends on what county you're in, because terms are dependent on when they convene grand juries and how many people are in that county. So a term is going to be different depending on what county it is. You know, if you got a county with a lot of people, a term could be every month. You got a term uh, in a county where there's not a lot of people. Term could be every six months. So you know, so you got to study study that aspect of it too, and know what a term of court is, and understand uh, a demand for a speedy trial. It can be used as a chess move. You don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of a demand for speedy trial, especially if you know what we know. Especially if you know what we know, because they don't want to bring you in the courtroom. If you're good at what you do, and they don't want to bring you in that courtroom at all. If you really good, because they'll yeah, bring I, everybody in. I, I bet, I bet <laughs> they'll bring everybody in, like, you know. But if you good with this, and they like, I'm not fucking with this dude. Put his man for speedy trial on him. Like, Go ahead. 
I've been through like I've been through like three public defenders and I've seen like four judges for this case. And I, I made the judge uh like stay under oath that he was paid by the state and and everything. And like yeah, I I, I just kept asking. Well, put in put in put in, put in a, a demand of a demand to dismiss, dismiss it. You know, but you got to put them on a time okay. limit, man. They'll go forever. They'll let a case languish years, man. They don't care. They'll come back if they and they only do that when they ain't got nothing. Because if they got your ass, trust me, they're gonna railroad you through that bitch. Don't waste no time do, trying to get you do, through. How do I make a claim to the money to that bond? Because they sent me a yellow paper that says no. You gotta call risk management for that. You gotta call risk management for that. That's different in every jurisdiction. You need to start with the risk, risk management man. of the of the uh, municipality you live in and talk to them and ask them the process to file claims against bonds. Okay. Risk management. Thank you, BG. Uh, thank you, BMG Trust. Thank you, BMG Trust. Appreciate that, dog. Thank you for them bone, for bone. And if if well, this is my last question. So if in my custody case, if I uh stated a case law that was in the uh superior court. I mean, the, the Supreme Court of North Carolina, and the judge didn't adhere to it. Like, how do I enforce that? Well, uh, it's a writ of mandamus is what it is, or appeal. You do an appeal. First thing, you do an appeal. Okay. That's what an appeal is for. An appeal is means that, like, if you form an objection, you first of all, you saying he didn't do anything, I, I need to see the record because... A judge can do, if, if you don't object to something, it's okay. Silence is acquiescence. That's the principle. So you have to learn how to form an objection. So when you're in court and you try to, and you got to learn how to introduce evidence, just because you file something doesn't mean to introduce the evidence. You got to say, Yana, exhibit A, I have this right here. I'd like to enter into the record. Okay, you got to do that. And if the judge ignores something, you got to say, objection, Yana. And then you got to wait for him to say sustained or overruled. Listen to me. Okay. This is important. Whenever you say objection, there must be a sustained or overruled. If there's not a sustained and overruled, somebody's tricking your ass. Yeah. He's playing you. He thinks you're stupid and you don't know. Yeah. Okay? So you wait for him. If you say objection, Yana, he said. And he just comes back, but what are you objecting to? This is why he should start talking to you like that. Wait for him to get through. Yeah. Be calm and just wait and just be looking at him. And when he gets done talking, say, I take exception to the honorable judge's refusal to rule on my objection. Would you please enter sustained or overruled into the record, sir, so I can preserve the error? That is letting him know that you're going to appeal for the record. That he didn't let some yeah. type of hearsay evidence or whatever in over the objection, and you're going to have an appellate court re-examine it procedurally, if he's procedurally out of order. Okay. But they threw me in jail for contempt of court, and that's what they do. Like, they try to scare you with contempt so you can't object. You don't, they let, they don't let you know when you could talk and when you got grounds to speak. And they, they okay, try to Okay, and then you say, that. am I, you tell the judge, then you tell the judge this, am I to understand the honorable judge has made a judicial determination that I'm not be afforded my due process rights of freedom of speech in these proceedings for the record. A lot of this is how y'all, listen, man, let me tell you in life, communication skills is something everybody got to get. If you can't, all this, if you can't talk in court, how a person communicates 
is the level of uh, uh, is your threat level. If you don't have a good command of the English language, you ain't looked at as a big threat. Okay. Not in court. Not in a place where words are weapons. You go into court, court, and court word. You add an S to it. It becomes a sword. Words are swords. So you ain't got no. You, you, why is somebody gonna be afraid of you? And you come in and you ain't armed. Oh, they over here armed to the damn teeth. He got nunchucks, samurai swords, throwing stars, all kind of shit. And you coming in here, and you coming there with damn what? <laughs> Nothing in your hand. He's a martial artist over there with words. You got to study your word. You see how I'm saying all of these things? I'm saying all these things. You need to rehearse your words. You should have a whole battery of things to say when you go into court. That's why I'm always telling you I go get court survival guides and things like that. You have to start developing things and committing to memory things to say in court. You got to have some weapons. Where are your weapons at? You know, you ain't got no weapons. Your weapons are your words. You got to have a little knife, especially if you want to go in there and represent yourself. If you're representing yourself and you don't know nothing, you have a fool for a counselor. Or however they say it, how the attorney say a person represents himself have a fool for an attorney. That's some real shit. That's not no lie. Coming into a legal arena and you don't know shit. You don't know procedure. You don't know how to object. You don't know jurisdiction. You ain't read the Constitution. Here's the next thing. How are you going to talk about these people? And you ain't even read the Constitution. Nah, that's the whole thing of everything. Carl Miller, <laughs> this Carl Miller and the Constitution. I hate them with paperwork. The thing, like you just said, the thing that I don't know is the procedure. And I feel like that's what they they get me with procedure. So I, yeah, I don't know that. You know what? I, we will. Yeah, everything's procedure. Bill Cox, I'm a, I'll upload it back. You don't have to pay me or nothing like that. I'll upload it back. I'll upload it back up there. Just give me some time. I'll upload it back up there. Those are some good documents. Uh, I didn't uh, to have up there. But, hey, bro, I got to move to the next call, okay? It's people in queue, okay? All right. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Here's the thing, man. You know, it's like y'all got to – it's like the family law thing. Y'all call and ask me that. I get calls on that all the time. I'm not – that's really not my area of expertise, number one. And number two, you know, I – um, I because I've done – consultations with, you know, men and women. I have people, I have women who consultate. They want to take the child away from the man. I have men in the consultation, they want to take it from the women. I have women, they demonize the man. He's dangerous to the child. He blah, 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 blah. And then you got the man, he's blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, I can't, you know, it's like, what do you want me to do? You both are biologically entitled to have this child. It's like, I can't what do you want me to do? You want me to teach you how to take the child from the other woman? I mean, the other parent? I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to sit here and I don't know either one of your characters. I don't know either one of you. I might be helping somebody and you be the abusive person. I don't even know. You know, not to say that I could, but you understand my point. It's like, hey, get an attorney. Let an attorney handle it. That's, that's definitely is something that an attorney can handle. And, um, uh, I would suggest that if you have issues with custody or something like that, get you an attorney. Just don't try to do that shit yourself. You know, I, now my friend, he successfully 
did his itself, but it took him five years. It took him five years. You going, but he but he learned a lot uh, over that five year term, and he had to deal with the judge being biased toward him and just letting this girl slide, 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 slide. Not bringing the children. They supposed to bring the children over. She don't bring them. It's all kind of stuff. You know, he went through all of that, and I watched him. And I told him that because, you know, they talk about fighting for your children. You know, do men need to fight for your children? I don't think a man should be fighting for his child. Why do I have to fight to see my children? That right there is just ain't nothing, but this is a despicable. The other parent is despicable. If you have to fight to see your children, there's something wrong with you, especially if, the, if the, that parent is a good parent and has not done anything that uh, uh, doesn't pose a threat physically to the well-being of those children, you know, Children love both of their parents. I grew up in a single-parent household. I remember my family had a divorce, and I loved both my parents. I, I spent most of my young life wishing both of my parents had gotten back together. It never happened. But I, when I was younger, I would just wish my mother and father would get back because that was the happiest time of my life when my mother and father was together. After that, it was straight hood shit. We went, we went to the hood. I'm honest, I got raised by the street. Friends. Them the ones that them them the ones that gave me that masculine energy is the older guys in the neighborhood and shit like that. I was on a pathway of going to Harvard, but when they was together, <laughs> I probably went to Harvard or somewhere when my parents were together. After that, it was it was you know how it is when you go in the hood, you're trying to get with girls and make money. Hey, let me get back in here. Uh, four, 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 seven, eight, four. Your line was on your mind. My brother, my brother. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Hey, brother Yusuf, I uh, wanted to tap in with you. I appreciate all your brilliant knowledge that you're sharing with us. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of situations, and I really appreciate you taking my call today. Uh, I had three quick questions for you, um, all kind of related to not only UCC, uh, but I had a situation where I'm actually trying to become a national citizen. Um, You're process, trying to become a master uh, what? You know, working. I'm trying to become a national citizen. Okay. National citizen of the United States, that is, Okay trying to get my secured party creditor agreement together, uh, as well as my declaration of trust. Uh, The first step I did in that measure was to go ahead and secure a pass kit, okay? Uh, At the same time, I went and got a passport, Brother Yusuf. I also simultaneously began to discharge debt. I had four honorable credit cards that I had did the accepted to value method and those the credit card company uh, now mind you these are a couple of my oldest accounts brother Yusef uh, never ever ever had I missed a payment I was completely totally honorable in all those accounts and they shut those accounts down um, as it so happens I get information back from the U.S. support office indicated that they were not going to provide me a, uh, a passport because I owe tax support. Now, Brother Yusuf, 
uh, I worked all my life up until about six years ago. I'm, I'm 56 years old. I worked all my life since I was 13 years old on the book. Um, I've just become privy to all this private information. Um, and in my quest to become a privatized citizen, I'm finding out all this stuff that we've been kept in the dark about for so long. But again, just to get back on the subject in my in my quest for uh you know, my privatization, um, they stopped me in my tracks with the birth of the uh, passport, saying that I owe passport. Okay, well, well, go ahead. Now, Wait a minute. Hold on. Able, go ahead and get to your question. Mm-hmm. What is what is your question? I, okay. I got it. I think I got what, what, the issue. Okay. Right. So I'm 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 asking you, um, um, what are my courses of re, uh, my course of, of of repercussion? Like, what are my what's my course of action in a situation where because they say I owe child support, now mind you, these are arrears. I paid child support patiently for twenty two years, became disabled. Okay, I got it. Okay, hold on. I got it. I got it. Here, here, here's what you're going to be dealing with. Okay, first and foremost, child support is debt collection. It's a debt collection. However, it is also one of those situations where they have um, leverage against you because a passport, while the right to travel is a right, a passport is a benefit and a privilege. So what they do is they leverage benefits and privileges against you, meaning like, for instance, child support. You don't pay it, they take your driver's license. Driver's license is a benefit and a privilege. You don't have a right to a driver's license, right? These are the things that they do because they regulate commerce. So anything commercially related, they're going to leverage that against you. You know, you want, why? Because you need a passport to do what? To travel on commercial airlines, you know, to go from country to country. All right. So Mm -hmm. now we're talking about a debt or a lien because that's essentially what it is. It's a lien. You're looking for a release of lien. Because when you go to the passport office, they're going to contact you. Look, look, you got a lien at such and such and such county or somewhere like that where you have some sort of judgment where it says you're in arrearage for child support. A lien can only be taken care of one of three ways. Once again, I'm going to direct everybody to read the 10 maxims of commercial law. And that is you can, uh, it's either um, payment in full, uh, counter affidavit, or jury trial. That's it. You got you to gotta address it. Oh, the reason we use the discharge method is because there ain't any money. Now, you say you did an acceptance for value. A lot of people will do acceptance for value and not give them a negotiable instrument. I don't, I've never done that. I don't never just write acceptance, do a banker's acceptance and give it to them. I always give them a negotiable instrument with my acceptance. I do a banker's acceptance on the document, and then I give them a bill of exchange or a promissory note or something like that. All right? That is what the, so in, uh, you're going so to have to address the debt. So in conjunction with the coupon, like the coupon you get, the monthly coupon, in conjunction with that, you're saying that I should attach something additional to that? Use a negotiable instrument. I mean, yeah, I don't, that stuff right there, y'all do is old school. I, you, you need to come to my, you haven't come to my webinars or anything. I've never told people just do it. Well, I, 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 plan on, I plan on, I plan on him real, real soon, brother, joining uh, not only SBC University, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that everything works. Let, let me explain it to you. Houston, let, 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 me explain, yeah. let me explain it to you. To be a secure party, one of the requirements is for you to know how to put together a negotiable instrument. 
and her two documents. You can read Article 3 of the UCC, also the United Nations Conference on International Trade Law on Bills of Exchange and Promissory Notes. First seven articles tell you how to put together an international bill of exchange. Follow, that's what I, and when I teach the webinar, I actually read each one of those and put it on the, the uh, instrument. And you can see uh, I'm utilizing that, that guide, those codes to tell you how to put this instrument together. It has to be negotiable, right? You give them a negotiable instrument, and then, you know, now you have something that you can stand on and fight and fight for, and then hit them with the tax forms and all of that. It's going to be involved, but that is what, if you're trying to discharge this uh, child support, okay, I don't know how much it is, yes, but you're going to have to, it's, you know, you're going to have to address it's the It's a thousand dollars, brother. It's a thousand dollars. You want your passport? Bro, bro, Say that thousand dollars, get your passport. Brother Yusuf, I, I tell you it's a bigger story than that, brother. I know you don't have time to hear it, but it's a month large, and I'm not a petty individual. I'm not a petty individual, but I went disabled. Uh, when I went disabled, before I went disabled, I was making 70 plus thousand a year. When I went this can I ask you a question? I, I can barely hear you. Money. Are you muffled? Are you muffled on the phone no. or on an earpiece or something? Okay, because I can't hear you. I have an earpiece on. Okay, 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 okay. What I was trying to explain to you, brother Yusuf, is after I went disabled, I paid child support for three additional years on, on disability, on disability income, because I became disabled after an ATV accident, after working all my life. Okay, so that's fine, but the point is... That, that's not germane to the discussion. What's germane to the discussion is you got a $1,000 debt. You can't get a passport. Let's talk about that. I understand, you know, you got a sob story. We all got it. You sit there and work. You pay your child support. Child support is only $1,000. Now, what do you want? You want your passport, don't you? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay. Let's focus on okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Getting your Say passport. Less. Say less. Say less. I got that. Uh, and I appreciate that information, brother. But with respect to the discharging of debt, I did have uh, an instrument. Um, I used the acceptance of value text, exempt from levy. You know, I, I included an exemption ID. Um, I advise them to be positive. I know, I know the ver- I know what verbiage goes on there. Did you give them a bill of mm-hmm. exchange, or have you done a, a secure party process? That's I'm in the process of doing support party. Right okay, now, you haven't done that. Speak. All right, so you didn't use the bill of exchange, obviously, because you have to. You can't use one of those unless you did a secure party process. So what did you use? A money order, promissory note, uh, used, what a certified I fund. Used, I used the coupon. They did credit cards. You know the monthly statement coupon you get. So That's you converted that into a money order. Yes. And had accepted okay. value and you on it. You know, I wrote the, to the credit card company. Ah, nah, nah. You got to send that to the IRS. You got to send that to the IRS. Uh, you know, you got to send it to them and let them do it. See, all debt have to go through the Treasury Department. Treasury Department is the central bank that all, all the banks go through the Treasury Department. So when you're discharging, discharge is an accounting. It's an accounting procedure. All the books in the country end up in the Treasury Department. They are the accountants for everything. So if there's a debit mm. and a credit, 
that needs to be issued is the Treasury Department going to do. The Treasury Department is the real bank. All these other banks are what are called intermediaries. They're middlemen. That's why they charge you service fees. They provide you a service. Mm-hmm. It's a service. The bank is the Treasury Department. So you send everything to them. Or if you send it to them, you send them to them with some process instructions to tell them to send it to them. You can do that too, but either way, it's going to end up at the Treasury Department. Okay. So with the projects they shut down that were honor or an honorable standing, do I have any course of action on them that they shut down on me, or I just wipe them as a loss? I mean, it depends on if you got. I mean, I ain't seen what you did. You know, you got claims to it. You got to first of all, you got to study the UCC if you're going to discharge debt. You got UC. You got to establish said, yourself as a whole new force as UCC. Yes, sir. That's UCC one yeah, three oh two. You have a claim on the instrument. That's UCC three three oh six. You know, do you know how to form a claim? All of these things right here. If you're going to have some sort of course of action, you got to substantiate what you've done. And it doesn't. It sounds like you just did an old school mm-hmm. uh, way that everybody when they first come into this and they first learn the information. That's what they do. As you know, they do. They learn about the acceptance value stamp. Put that on some send it back or change a, a, a coupon into a money order. I just uh, posted the Douglas Riddle video and, you know, mm-hmm. go on my YouTube page and listen to Douglas Riddle. If you want to do that, that money order Douglas process Riddle. or that coupon process, you need really need to listen to that. That's why I posted it because I know people out there trying to convert post uh, uh, coupons to money orders. The thing is the coupon is the form of payment because they have, because they're in any money. You've got to really think about what I'm about to say. There's no money. Mm-hmm. That's why they give you coupons because they have to provide you for a way to pay for things because there, there isn't really any money. Federal Reserve notes are not money. Mm-hmm. They're promissory notes. Right, so right. You, they're providing you with something. you got to learn how to convert it to a negotiable instrument and make it negotiable. That's the whole key. You can use anything you mm-hmm. want to. I don't even use those coupons. I make my own on a computer. I don't even do that. You know what I'm saying? That That's one way I you see. can do it, but okay. I'm going to sit down and make me a professional negotiable instrument and send them that. But, you know, you can do I all see. kinds of things. I'm not saying that, but as long as it's negotiable, all it has to be is negotiable. What is a negotiable instrument? A negotiable instrument is a mm-hmm. contract. It's an agreement of parties. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Brother, I, I, I really appreciate the knowledge. I appreciate the knowledge. I think you've answered my questions, um, and I appreciate your time today. Right, you're welcome, Thanks bro. Guys. I got to go to the next call, though, bro. I appreciate you, yes, okay? Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Take care. Let me go back to the phone lines real quick. Let me go to 919-884. Oh, is that me? As you? Oh shit! Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Can I just can I just uh, testify a little bit? You want to testify? Yeah, just uh, you know, telling you know you're speaking the truth here because I had a court case. Now I'm not. I haven't gotten into the secure party and everything because uh, okay. I'm still learning all okay. now. But I did have a court case that I did beat, and you've mentioned it uh, in the comments and everything. But uh, 
so let's see. I caught a charge for possession and uh, had my court date, and I was scared. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but um, so I went in, and uh, they called my name, and I said, I can hear. I'm here on that matter and everything. And uh, so before I got you know, across the bar, I was like, look, I reserve all my rights and waive them never. And uh, so then uh prosecutor started saying something, and I stood up. I said, I object. I said, this is all hearsay. Have these people been sworn in? And the judge said, sustained. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so uh, – <laughs> So uh, they counsel or a uh, one of the court appointed attorney, and I said I can accept that. And then immediately after that, she said, "Oh well, this is your first case in this county. We can't give you that." And that didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I was just rolling with it. I said, "Okay, I can, you know, I can accept that." Right. And uh, I think I think because of the words I was using. The judge was, you know, just feeling me out a little bit, and uh, so they tried to put what they what they confiscated from me into the record, or you know, to submit it for evidence, and uh, it wasn't there. It was just one of the other officers there. They had him sworn in and on the stand, and uh, so the judge said, you know, do you object or do do you have any objections? And I was like, well, I'm not here to dispute any of these facts in the charging instrument because I did the whole, I'm the holder in due course. Here's a third-party intervener making a special appearance uh, for the name defendant. I did that, and she cut me off. But uh, so she asked if I wanted uh, this stuff to go into evidence, and I said, well, well let no, me ask I you a question. Did, did, let me ask yeah. you a question. Did she say, what the hell are you talking about? Um, she didn't say none I of that, did she? No, she, we're not, we're not getting into that right now. We're just we're just uh, okay. setting up your arraignment and yeah. this, that and the other. So they 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 said they waived the arraignment, and uh, so I was just you know I was accepting. But she she kind of I think the judge threw me a bone because I was like I'm not here to dispute any of the facts. And she said no 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 no. Do you want this? Do you object to this going into evidence? And I yeah I object to that. And uh, so she went into the spirit. She said, you know, have you heard the charges and everything? And uh, let's see what had happened. So uh, I said, no, I haven't. You know, I don't understand the nature and cause. If you could help me out. So uh, she said, okay, what do you want to know about? And I said, well, is this civil or criminal? She said, this is a criminal charge. And actually it was two charges, one was civil, one was criminal, and the civil one, she said, we can just throw this out, because as I understand, they can't be both uh, prosecutor and judge or jury over a civil case, right? Right. So so they threw that one out, and she said, you know, this one's criminal, and said, okay, let the record reflect that this is a criminal charge being, you know, lodged against the named defendant, and then uh, I said, so... Uh, the Sixth Amendment for the Constitution of the United States of America, criminal jurisdiction, one's done as a common law where there's an injured party, 
and the other constitutes a condition of contract under uh, colorable aspects of admiralty jurisdiction. So which two of these are you operating under? And she said, oh, this is a statutory jurisdiction. She <laughs> called it statutory. I said, okay, that directly reflects this is statutory jurisdiction. I said, could you direct me to where I may find the published rules for criminal procedure under statutory jurisdiction? And she said, no. And I said, okay, I think I got these folks right here. Got them. Uh, so she said that on the record. Got them. Really, really got when them. she said that on the record, it's supposed to be open. Because you're you, you, you having well, a so, proceeding under jurisdiction don't even exist. But go right, ahead. I'm sorry. Right. Go so ahead. I, 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 no, you're good. Uh, I asked her a couple of times. I said, so you mean to tell me there's nowhere I can find the published rules for criminals? They said no. And I said, okay, I can accept that. And uh, so after they got on through it, the, the, the judge looked at me, and she looked back at the prosecutor and the and the, one of the officers that was there. And then she looked back at me and looked back at them. She said, I have to dismiss this because the judge is the one that read everything into the record, the criminal charges. So I believe she That's would right. have been liable. She would have been liable, and she was like, look, I she have to dismiss been liable. this. So I knew I had them, you know. I had him in the red at that point. So, wait a minute. And let me then, ask uh, you a question. Wait, hold yeah. on. Let me ask you a question. You feel like I lied about anything to you? It went no, just like no, I said. I know didn't. Speaking the truth. You, you the living gospel. <laughs> I try so to tell anybody people. That's trying, anybody that's trying to say you're full of it, they are just wrong, and they're probably just scared. And you know, I, I'm living proof. That you know, this is legit, legit. If you learn, if you learn those, it's called a cornering technique, where you corner the judge. Because you know, you catch all good guards, but you know, can you help me out? And you start asking them a question, and they came. That question right there is the most powerful question you can ask them because it reveals their fraud that they're conducting against everyone, and they don't want to reveal it. It's putting pressure on them because they got to keep it a secret, and you asking them to reveal their secret to the world. And they can't do that. They can't do that. They'd rather let you go than do that. They'd rather let you go than reveal their secret. Because you start asking them, well, if this is admiralty, that means it has to be about money. And if it's about money, that means I can pay for the case or discharge it. If it's some type of monetary, you know, and that's when you get into who has a claim against me. You're the only one who does have a claim against me. I request that the Honorable Judge direct the prosecutor to answer whether or not he has the assessment for the charges along with a certified audit trail of all transactions, including voucher, as well as all disbursement documents and receipts as it relates to the monetary penalties being imposed in this case. John, for the record. You know, something like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Once you start uh-huh. seeing that, that it is a civil in nature, because that's what admiralty is. Admiralty is civil. It's civil. Not, but it has a criminal right. aspect to it. That's what they used to do. That's where debtors' prisons came from. Debtors' prisons was under admiralty. You put somebody in jail because they owe some money. But they'll tell you that you can't put nobody in jail for a debt. But that's not true either. You could put somebody in jail for a penal um, a penal code violation. Penal code violations, you can. Well, that's I read that. I saw the attorney concept. general in Georgia wrote that and said that he countered that argument. Somebody was saying you can't put somebody in jail for a debt. He said you can't for a penal code violation. Well, isn't that due to the implied contract that you're sturdy and you, you know, 
you basically, by use of your social and everything, you're accepting, you know, the liability for the code, statutes, rules, and regulations. That, yes, you are. That social security number, so is, it, it, that social security number is like a is like a a, a, a Sam's Club card. It's like that's they want to see your card. If you got that card, you're a member of that club. Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, I want to check out your Facebook. I think you blocked me though, because I'm a flat earther and I get talking a little shit. I I, I <laughs> not block. No, I do not block flat earth. So I'm gonna say it like this. I block. I will kick people out if I see them posting a lot of stuff that is not conducive to putting information in and helping people. You know, it's supposed to be a depository of information where people can come and get answers to their questions. Not for you to come in there and advertise that you clean credit. Not for you to come in and try to post a link because y'all want to pull people out and have a secret meeting somewhere. Not for you to post pictures of damn a cat and a dog having sex and everything <laughs> like that. I don't have no damn uh, time for that. I'm going to kick your ass out. I ain't giving you no warning <laughs> or nothing like that. I'm just going to boot your ass out. I don't give no warning for nothing. I'm coming there with I that got to talk a while. That's all good. I got to talk a while. <laughs> But you say uh, it's a natural law principle that nature abhors a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum, meaning there's no empty space. Everything. So for things to move around in the universe, there has to be an exchange. That's why exchange is a principle of, of nature. That's why, what did Jesus say? You have to give in order to receive. Because nature abhors a vacuum. There's no empty space. You can't take something no, from I something do. and leave an empty space. If you take something I from do. something, something is rushing in to fill the space up. Absolutely. Two things cannot but occupy I, the same space at the same time. That's that's another principle. That's a scientific principle that they espouse. Two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's, it's no, there's no empty space. You think it's empty, but it's not. There's no empty space anywhere. Every inch of everything in creation is occupied. So. Absolutely. That's why exchange. Everything and has to be an exchange. That's, that's why. It's, that's why it's also no such thing as something for nothing. Well, these these free people. They're talking about why well, you charging for stuff. You gonna give something. You are gonna give your energy. You are gonna give your time. You're gonna get something that's gonna be representative of energy. Money is just a representative a representation of energy. You're gonna give something. Do you you're know, not. You don't get. You don't get anything for free. No such thing. Do you know the quote? Do you know the quote by John Adams? Where uh, he talks, where he's talking about, uh, I guess he's addressing the the continent, the Continental Congress, or something to that effect. But he says, uh, if you love your wealth more than, or if you love your peace and tranquility more than uh, the the ambitious, you know, drive for freedom, then go from us. We don't <laughs> want your counsel or your arm. Yeah, if you I like, if you John like, yeah. That was John Adams. Yeah, I know what he's saying. I, I know what he's saying. Peace and tranquility. So if you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're not driven by, you know, the the pursuit of, you know, the animating pursuit of freedom, then we don't even want you here. Freedom, freedom. You have to you have to be vigilant uh, for the fight for freedom. You can't. Nothing is just given to you. Okay. Hey, y'all. It's, uh, our time is up. I'm going to have to end it right now, bro. I got like three minutes left uh, on the no, question, okay? No, I appreciate okay? your time.
Peace, God. All right, peace. Thank you, thank you. All right, John, I got three minutes left. I'm going to end with a dialogue, with a monologue. Okay, you can register for the seminar that's going to be in Dallas, Texas, on uh, SEC University. It's going to take you to Currency Circulator. Um, everybody who's registering, I'm automatically putting them in Currency Circulator. We'll have your names in Currency Circulator. All right, I'm not putting you on the website. You'll be in Currency Circulator. I'm going to do a webinar tomorrow. It's going to be $25 if you're not a member of SEC University. It's free for SEC University members. It's going to be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Okay, I'm going to do a webinar tomorrow in the morning, yes, on negotiable instruments. I'm going to we're going to talk about negotiable instruments. I haven't done one in a long time, so I'm going to do a negotiable instrument webinar tomorrow. It's going to be 10, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Go over the website. I haven't put up the link yet uh, for the registration, but I'm going to put up a registration link uh, 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 probably within the next two hours. You can go over there and register. So tomorrow we get up. I'm going to go back to doing weekend rep webinars uh, also on Saturday. All right. And so uh, there is a webinar. There's, um, you know, there's a seminar. that's going to be in Dallas, Texas on the 1st and the 2nd of July. Um, register for that. Uh, the hotel and everything, when you click on the button on the website, it's going to tell you to the hotel information if you want to get a hotel and all those things as well. All right. I want to thank everybody. I will be back on Monday. At the same time, I'll do another Q&A like this. If you get a chance to talk to me, I'll do another Q&A on Monday. I'm sorry I was a little late today. Um, uh, I, I was having some issues, but it'll be the same time, 2 o'clock. I'm going to be on at 2 o'clock. You know what time I'll be on? 2 o'clock. That's my time. 2 o'clock Central Time. All right? Peace to the gods. I'll see y'all later. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon. Have a good weekend. Be safe out there. Peace.